welcome to the Xterra Podcast. I'm Tom Patton. The Xterra mission is to explore and discuss the business of space and its effect on the national and global economy as well as life on Earth. How does what happens in space affect your life every day? That's what we're exploring on the Xterra website as well as on this podcast. More and more, companies and individuals rely on satellite images of Earth. If you've ever used Google Earth, you're a consumer of such technology. Demand for such imagery and a growing number of radar-equipped microsatellites is driving an increasing demand for ways to use such imagery by governments and industry. And our guest this week is Jacek Sturzelczyk, CEO of SATIM, a Polish company that provides insights based on day and night satellite radar imagery that's acquired in all types of weather. Jacek, thank you for joining us on the program. Sure. Hi, Tom. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, nice to talk to you from Poland this morning. <laughs> it's, it's, yes. I understand that it's uh, it's afternoon there where it's morning here in Florida. So uh, thank you so much for taking some time out to to do the, the podcast with me today. Let's just start out with some of the basics. What does it mean to provide insights based on satellite imagery? Uh, it's relatively simple concept. So it's like translating uh, one language into another language, more understandable for uh, for people. So we are translating the raw imagery acquired by satellites into some kind of information about the objects and phenomena uh, on Earth's surface, and and that that uh, those, those insights can be used then by different people, decision makers. Uh, to make better decisions. Let's talk about some of the history of your company. How did you get started and where are you now? Yes, yeah, so our company is already eight years on the market. So we are a, a weird startup, let's say, uh, but we have started in 2012 when Poland has accessed the European Space Agency and, uh, and new opportunities for, for Polish uh, scientists and entrepreneurs uh, occurred. And back then I was working at the University of Science and Technology in Krakow and uh, together with, with my wife, we've been working with uh, satellite-based radar imagery processing and information extraction. And we figure out that it's a great opportunity for us to take part in the agency's uh, projects. And we, pr we prepared some of the proposals, we successfully uh, gathered uh, grants from from ISA and started collaborating with the agency on 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 different fields. And uh, since then, we've been slowly growing our company. Uh, now we are eight people, and uh, we are still collaborating with the, the uh, European Space Agency. But now we have developed a new software product that we want to use to scale our business. So what is the software product, uh, product that you've been having under development? Yes, it's a, it's a software that uh, will allow us to automatically and very quickly extract information on different types of objects based on satellite radar imagery. And I, it, it has to be underlined that those images, radar images, are very complex and difficult to be interpreted by a human because of many, many distortions and different effects um, that, that make, it, uh, make it very complex. 
And with our software, we'll be able to, to very quickly extract those information on, on, on any type of basically objects on their location, uh, type, size, etc. And uh, just allowing to decrease the time needed to process those satellite images in order to get any actionable information. Why are you using radar imagery? What's the difference between using radar imagery and using visible images? Yeah, there is there is one very, very important difference between the between those two. And it is that radar images can be acquired by satellites regardless of day or nighttime and regardless of weather conditions. So basically radars can see through the night and through the clouds all the time. While Typical optical, let's say, sensors uh, can see the Earth only during the day and during the nice weather with, without clouds, which gives us approximately just 25% of the coverage at any given moment. While with radars, we, we see the Earth 100% of the time, uh, regardless of any other conditions. How did you identify this specific niche for your company, Jacek? Mm, yes, yeah, so as I mentioned before, uh, it all started with the university work mm -hmm. with uh, the PhD of my wife. She's the CTO of our company. And uh, we started to look into radar images for ground deformations monitoring. It's also one of the very interesting applications of that technology. It allows us to, to monitor the vertical movements of buildings uh you know bridges dams any kind of big infrastructure with even sub millimeter accuracy looking from satellites so like 600 kilometers above our our heads mm -hmm. and we still can see so so small movements of the infrastructure and the earth itself and uh, we were exploring those possibilities uh, when we started uh, because we're also somehow related to uh, to geology and we we're also studying the seismic and post-mining ground deformations. And there, there we, we find that fit between radar imagery and their application. So that's interesting. So you can actually measure how much things move um, on the earth using the satellite imagery and then relay that information to your clients and let them know when there are potential problems or things that they need to know about. Exactly, exactly. And those clients may be, uh, may be very different groups, starting with infrastructure operators like pipeline, road oper operators, railway, because those linear uh, infrastructure is the most endangered by, by those movements. Um, but also, uh, you know, people, for example, local authorities interested in, uh, in safety of their citizens or mining industry, construction industry, there's a lot of application for that specific uh, technology, but that's just one, let's say, uh, our one service. And uh, in parallel, we have developed that software I mentioned before for object mm -hmm. detection. So this is a, a different application of the same data. So what do you do with the object detection? What what benefit does that bring? Oh, yeah, it's it's a very good question. It's it's like it opens so many new potential applications starting from let's say economical 
like monitoring, uh, that's that's a very typical uh, example, but counting cars on the parking lots mm -hmm. uh, by, by the shopping malls, right? And trying to assess uh, the, the amount of customers uh, ranging to, to defense and military applications, de detecting of, of uh, uh, tanks, of uh, military vehicles, ships. Um, also, we are looking at, uh, at maritime market and studying the movement of ships and movement of cargo. Uh, but you can think of so many different applications that is, uh, is really amazing. So let's go through the process a little bit. Obviously, you don't own satellites. You don't have specific spacecraft that you're that are that are designated for your company. So how do you acquire the imagery, and then? Well, let's start. Let's just start there. How do you acquire that imagery? Mm -hmm. Right. So, so we position ourselves as uh, as those let's say translators, as I mentioned before, mm -hmm. who can translate the raw. SAR complex images into actionable information. So we are we are sitting uh, one level, let's say, above the data providers or satellite operators. So companies who are building satellites, launching them, operating, and providing data. And uh, so that's why our intention is not to not to build and launch satellites. We just cooperate with those satellite operators and basically acquire commercially by uh, the images from the areas of interest uh, and from specific uh, moments on time that, that are required for us to deliver insights to our customers. So that, that's our place in the value chain. So let's, let's drill down on that just a little bit, Jacek, because I'm, I'm trying to help our audience understand that you would have then a client who already receives satellite data and needs to be able to interpret that. So your role is to provide them with a way to interpret it in a different way. And so I, th I think what I, well, I think what I'm hearing you saying is that you basically sell them a software package, or you sell them a package of services. Is, am I am I kind of in the right ballpark there? Yes, exactly. So both options are on the table. Uh, so our first, let's say, uh, strategy now is that we, we are developing the software itself for automatic object detection. Mm -hmm. And our target is to sell the software licenses for you know, organizations or companies who already have the data from somewhere, from data providers, right. and who just need uh, like enhance capabilities of the interpretation. But there's, there's even a bigger market uh, for, let's say, insights, which means that we handle the data stream, we collaborate with the data providers, we order the data, we process the data, and we provide the insights or reports to our customers that replies to their specific business or security-related questions. And in the second model, uh, the customer does not even need to know which kind of data are we using, how do we process that. He just asks a question, and uh, and we provide the answer. Let's look at a couple of the uh, specific projects, and I know that there's going to be proprietary information that you can't that you can't 
broadcast publicly, but but let's talk about a couple of specific projects. And I know that you've dealt with, and you said earlier that you've dealt with ESA on several items. What are some of the projects that you've worked with with the European Space Agency? Right. So um, all of those projects we've been working on with with the agency were related to to satellite radar data processing. And uh, some of those were, let's say, pure R&D projects where we were developing new tools and algorithms for for processing uh, of those data in order to increase the accuracy of the results we get or in order to generate a new type of of outcomes. Uh, But we've also been working together with ESA and together with some end customers uh, for example, from oil and gas industry. And we've been building the, let's say, very customized solutions for those partners, big partners, uh, and incorporating the satellite images uh, provided by ESA. Uh, so th- that was a mix of the pure R&D and, let's say, application applications for different customers. And uh, basically throughout the years, we've been going down that road, starting with the only pure R&D projects. And now what, what we are collaborating on with ESA are mainly semi-commercial uh, projects where we need to have a specific customer with a specific need. And we are building, let's say, custom solutions for them using infrastructure of the, of the agency. Give us an example of a government project that you've worked on with a, not, well, not with a space agency, but with a, a municipal or uh, state government. Sure. So we we constantly collaborate with a number of different local authorities, um, mostly here in Poland, uh, that are dealing with the post mining uh, ground deformations problem. Here in Poland, we have a, 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 a lot of uh, different coal mines still active underground, uh, in which the activities are are still conducted, and and they are causing ground deformations, which again cause damages in the infrastructure, like uh, damaging roads, pipelines, buildings, houses. Uh, it's, it's a great uh, social problem uh, here, here on the south of the Poland. So we, we help the local authorities to validate uh, the information coming from the coal mines on the potential, on the potential scale of damages. Because there is a conflict of interest between the commercial coal companies and local authorities, and we are somehow in the middle, showing the truth, the ground truth. We are showing how the coal mine, coal mining, influence the surface. Where is the the range of that? Where does it happen? What's the scale of that problem? So how much the ground subsides uh, in a specific moment of time? And the local authorities use those maps or those reports, and some are publishing it for all the citizens so that everyone knows uh, what is the scale of the problem. And some of those customers just using their uh, those reports internally in their negotiations with the uh, with the coal mines. Uh, so that's I, I guess our most uh, successful uh, example of of the commercialization of our technology. I noticed on your website that there were instances as well that you're doing things like tracking ships at sea and in ports. What's the, what, what is the, 
I'm searching for a word and it's not coming to me. But what is what is it? Why is it that companies need to know, for instance, where their ships are or what's happening with them that's in port? And what is it that the what it is that you do helps them in that way? Right. So basically shipping. Uh, so transferring of goods uh, is a very, very complex and big and, and important process to understand for, for many players. Uh, for example, for hedge funds, for investors, for uh, logistic companies, for, um, you know, for governments. Uh, there's many players that, uh, that could pay for that kind of understanding of where the cargo is being moved, what kind of cargo, are there any delays in that in that process uh, foreseen? Uh, are there any potential problems in that process foreseen? And so that's the gap we are trying to to access. And there, of course, uh, is a, is a whole market around that, which is I guess called mark is is called maritime information services market. Mm -hmm. So there is a number of different uh, companies that collect different kind kind of uh, data. Um, on that process and trying to extract some, again, insights. So they're trying to extract some knowledge from those scattered, uh, complex uh, uh, data points. And we are, our, our goal now is to help those companies to close some of the gaps in those uh, information sources. Because, for example, you can track the ships using uh, the onboard uh, devices that send, that broadcast the information of, of, of any ship, its mm -hmm. location, type, name, etc. But not all ships are using those. Right. Uh, those right. companies are also also using optical satellite images to identify and locate ships. But you cannot see through the night and through the clouds. And uh, they're using many other different data sources, but radar images are not yet fully implemented in that process. And we believe we can close the gap between very complex and, and distorted data, difficult to understand, and you know, easy to understand the uh, easy to understand data source that we can we can generate using our software. So that's the gap we are we're looking at uh, filling now. You were part of the Techstars Starburst Space Accelerator program. How did that program benefit your company? Oh man, that that benefited us uh, a big time. I have to say, uh, we are very very thankful uh, and happy to be part of that. Um, we've been, you know, we've been uh, able to meet with over I don't know two hundred different mentors, people mm -hmm. from the from the from the space sector, governmental sector, and many many other sectors that gave us. Uh, many, many very interesting advices and mentoring throughout the program. Uh, we've also been taught many different, let's say, tactics and, and, and tools that we should know as entrepreneurs and CEOs and, or CTOs. And we also build a great network uh, of fellow companies, uh, fellow startups, but also potential customers um, in different markets. So to be honest, that was a, a life-changing experience for us, and we are very grateful to be a part, to be able to be a part of that. 
What was the experience like being a Polish company as opposed to being an, an American company? Because a lot of what Techstars does is, it has their mentors that are here in the United States. Was there uh, a challenge in being a Polish entrepreneur as opposed to being an American entrepreneur and working through that program? And what are the other challenges that you're finding uh, being a, a European company that is dealing in this kind of technology that so many people think is almost entirely focused in the United States? Yeah, so in terms of the program itself, I guess the only challenge was the time difference. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, and that was was a real challenge Mm -hmm. because uh, the program was located in Los Angeles virtually, so it's minus nine hours from our time. So you can imagine we were starting the work approximately at 6 p.m. Mm-hmm. and ending sometimes at uh, 3 or half past 3 a.m. Right. Our time. So that was a huge challenge. <laughs> <laughs> but we we, we, we managed uh, to, to cope with that. And we got into a process that, that you know, uh, at one moment, it, it was just uh, normal. Mm-hmm. So the program took uh, uh, last for three months and it was very, very packed. There was uh, so many activities, uh, but again, that was very, very interesting. So, so it was not a problem to to be in that you know minus nine hour right. time shift. Um, and but being a Polish company is really a problem when it comes to uh, dealing with the U.S. government as a potential customer. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's basically you know closed or or almost closed opportunity, and we have learned a lot about about uh, U.S. government opportunities throughout the program. So now we are in the process of validating if we can in any way start collaborating with, uh, with the U.S. government, um, either through other companies, U.S.-based companies, or directly. Uh, but we're also now looking at the European market and can- Canadian markets. Mm-hmm. Um, so it gives us you know, it was not only focused on the U.S. market, right? Uh, but mainly, but it, it gave us so many opportunities and, and, and networks so that we can build on top of that and target other markets also. What are some of the less well-known applications for Earth observation? It's something that we hear a lot about, uh, and particularly as, as more and more satellites are launched and doing it. What are what are some of the things that people are not aware of that, that are being that are using Earth observation in their businesses. Yeah, it's as I said before, you can you can name hundreds of different potential applications, let's say, for that technology. But I guess one of the okay, you, you can start with you know obvious ones like defense uh, uh, applications. That's mm-hmm. that's relatively the most common one. Um, but it, it also goes down to to. Uh, monitoring different illegal activities like mm. illegal logging or illegal fishing or illegal construction works also uh, that can be validated with uh, with satellite imagery as those activities can can occur in very distant um, you know areas that otherwise it's difficult to uh, to follow makes it a lot harder for uh, the bad guys to hide, doesn't it? <laughs> yes, exactly. And they should know that already. <laughs> it's very difficult to hide. But yeah, we the, the problem that still uh, is there is the, let's say, temporal 
repetitiveness uh, of the data that that is still under construction let's say and hopefully in the future we'll have almost live uh, feed fr from those satellites mm -hmm. on any place on earth but currently just to get one image per day it's uh, it's already it's already very good so so depending on on, on the application <laughs> right be enough or not but one, one other interesting uh, application of satellite imagery maybe monitoring of habitats of bees mm -hmm. bees are a very important part of our ecosystem and they're under uh, great stress due to many different factors and those factors can be also studied from from the satellite imagery and somehow the bees can can benefit from that so you can you can find a, think of you know 100 different different potential areas where where the data can be applied you know, you mentioned the the live feed from space. Do you foresee a time where your company might be able to use something like AI to do real time interpretation of data and provide that to your clients? Yes, it's 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 exactly our goal now. Uh, what we're building is the AI mm -hmm. that will do the object detection. Uh, so it's just one, let's say, subset of potential uh, applications of the data. Uh, but exactly that's our goal, and we want to to do that very very fast and quickly, so that uh, to 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 fit with the upcoming, uh, you know, even hourly revisit rates, if we'll be able to get every hour an image of any place on Earth, you can imagine how huge data stream that will be. Right. And right. you can imagine how hard it would be to extract any valuable information from that. Uh, so that's the, our sweet spot. That's the place where we want to fit and, and do those online, very quick uh, translations, let's say, of data into insights. What are the primary areas of growth for your company? Is that pretty much your focus is the AI and the live stream or do you see other good growth potential? Yeah, so, uh, so, so the AI part and the image interpretation is, is the first and the most important uh, place where we want to grow and accelerate. Um, that comes with the software development itself. And as I said before, in some cases, we also provide the software for our customers. Mm -hmm. um, very interesting also is the, the possibility of, of putting our software upstream. So on the satellites, on the computers that, that satellites will have and do the processing of images uh, up there and that way decrease the amount of data that has to be transmitted down on earth because that's a that's a bottleneck right now uh, the transmission of data uh, downstream so in order to solve that we can we can already do the processing and, and first interpretation of the images on the satellites and then allow the software to decide which images should be should be uh, downlinked to the earth that's also a very interesting application for us I want you to gaze into your crystal ball for just a moment because we're just about out of time. But what in your estimation, sure. Jacek, are some of the interesting developments in satellite imagery that are coming both near and long term? Oh, yeah. Uh, for me, the, the, there is a vision I, I share with many people in that industry is that uh, satellite-based images will, just cons will be another, let's say, a data source easily incorporated in the you know, already existing World Wide Web that could be browsed, browsed easily with simple questions 
uh, like for example, how many ship is there in the port of Dubai, for example, or right. any other, and uh, and so so that the AI can very easily reach out to the data source and translate it to 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 the answer. Um, so I guess the whole market is going that way. It's of course a long path to take still, but step step by step, I, I think we're we're moving towards that direction. So many things that I read about in science fiction books when I was probably your age are now truly coming to fruition in some of this technology. It's yeah. pretty amazing. <laughs> exactly. 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 We're, we're making those things true. <laughs> well, Yasek, thank you very much. It's been an interesting half hour. I really appreciate your time and uh, best of luck with your, with your company and moving forward. It sounds like you've got a lot of interesting work to do. Thank you, Tom. Tom. That was very, very interesting to speak with you. So thanks for the invite and uh, have, a, have a great day. That is going to do it for this edition of the Xterra podcast. You can find us on the web at xterrajsc.com and be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at xterrajsc. Until next time, I'm Tom Patton. Thanks for listening.